With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
Crystal Sanesti, my friends. The opening music was by Save Vocal Group from the CD Native Angels by Save. If you'd like to order a copy, go to Save, S-A-V as in Victor, A-E dot org. And they're on Facebook and they do many live shows. So you can also listen to them for free on YouTube. And they have a CD on Amazon. That's where I found my copy. And I also am working on my second or third copy. Anyway, I'm your host and friend, Reverend Shar McCain. I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created to focus on the tenant. The Sunday is a special day to set aside some time for, just for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. All faiths are welcome. Personally, I'm a Christian in recovery, and in honor and respect for all the spiritual things that I've been given and gifts, uh, all Bible readings will be out of my Ryrie Study Bible. I actually found it in the trash can, picked it up, started studying it, so now I'm on my second Ryrie Study Bible. It's an excellent resource if you want to uh, do Bible reading, but you can, of course, use any Bible you wish. And uh, we will have ongoing Bible readings every week, and... Uh, I'm focused on just being my real self and just carrying the message given to me. The call-in number to listen to the show is 619-924-9744. And Sacred Sundays airs every Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So let's bow our heads together and listen to the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. And we pray for all Christians being persecuted worldwide, and their freedom to worship and their lives are in jeopardy, and those whose lives are taken for distorted, evil reasons, and we believe they become martyrs. We pray for all those suffering from violence here at home and abroad, and we also pray for all those immigrants that are wandering right now, as they did the as the Jews wandered in the desert. We have so many people out there right now that are traveling, 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 trying to escape the evil where they live, and we keep them in our prayers. And we have heard that many of them are converting to Christianity. So God is is, uh, making something good out of something that's really bad. I just pray for all those poor people, especially the women and the children, those pregnant that are traveling like that. I just feel bad. We also pray for suffering for domestic violence, for people in their own homes that they find the care and the help that they need. And we also pray for freedom from addiction of all kinds. Please get help. Please get help. Please, God, send your archangel, Michael, to fight against evil and protect all of us and all your angels to watch over everyone. And we also, our prayer, we pray for those who suffer all over the world, including the animals who can't speak for themselves. We also pray for the wisdom of our president and the rest of our policymakers. They have many decisions to make, and we are praying for all countries for their problems and suffering for all over the world. Thank you, God, so much. Amen. And we ask Jesus to bless us and help us grow under his care. And everyone in the families are in our prayers. We have many, many, many birthdays today. Yes. So I'd like to wish a blessed birthday to Echo Bodine, Janet Jacobs, Pat Gregory, Nancy Honeycutt McMonald, 
Behavis, Seregium, Kai Truthseeker, Helen Van Grimm, and Mark Kohler. I want to wish them all a very, very happy birthday. And I want to wish you a happy birthday if it's your birthday today or if this is your special anniversary or in memorial. We, we pray for your loved ones and keep all of you in our, our prayers. And uh, we wish everybody a very prosperous year ahead. And um, if you have any birthdays or special announcements you want me to make, just let me know. I'll do it before we go on. And also, remember the prayer number and the number to call in to listen today is 619-924-9744. If you can't follow the link, you can just listen on your phone. If you don't have a Bible and you're on the Internet, you can also go to www.biblia.com. So let's read what was going on for last week. We know we were in 2 Corinthians 4. So let's see if we can bring up the notes here. I hope you appreciate these notes. It's by uh, com, And that's where we've been getting our notes from. Okay, so we're now reading Corinthians 2. Chapter 4, and this is the summary. And remember, uh, this is what we were reading last week. Paul's a slave for you. Paul hasn't lost heart, though. He isn't like some of these so-called apostles in Corinth. He doesn't lie. He doesn't tell fibs when it comes to God's word. He just brings the truth. The false apostles there, Paul doesn't just talk about himself all the time. He just stays focused on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the ball, Paul. And then it says, and Paul is totally a slave for Jesus and for us. Then with the next chapter is jars of clay. Two apostles are fragile. It's like God has put his treasure in clay jars. These jars are breakable, but God always catches them before they fall. Apostles have to suffer. It's part of their job's description, sorry to say. But they don't let that get them down. Sure, they get knocked down or nearly beheaded, but they get up again. And they suffer like Jesus did on the cross. Then they can show off God's glory. A real apostle begins brings the truth no matter what the cost. He believes in God's word and he speaks it. Those are his credentials. That's how he proves that he's the real deal. Trust Paul. He's doing this all for you. Corinthians, listen up. He's putting himself through the ringer so that he can show off the goodness of God. We guess that makes sense. Anyway. Paul also knows that the trials now are going to pay off big time when he's dead and gone. And yes, we're guessing Paul has a primo seat in heaven. So that was about last week. And uh, those were the notes. And we really appreciate it. So thank you, Shoop. And this today we're opening up our Bibles to Second Corinthians chapter 5. So if you want to get your Bible out, and we will start reading. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Compulsions of the Ministry and the Assurance of Resurrection, chapter 5. For you know that if the earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed, this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven, inasmuch as we, having put it on, we will not be found naked. For indeed, while we were in this tent, we groan, being burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed, so that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. 
Now he who has prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave to us the Spirit as a pledge. Therefore, being always of good courage and of knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, but prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore, we also have our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. And now it's going to the judgment seat of of Christ. We're on uh, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we we persuade men, but we are made manifest to God, and I hope that we are made manifest also in your consciences. We are not again commending ourselves to you, but we are giving you an occasion to be proud of us so that you will have an answer for for those who take pride in appearance but not in the heart. And if we are beside ourselves, it is for God, for we are of sound mind, it is for you, the love of Christ. For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, so that they will live, so they who live might no longer live for themselves but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Therefore, from now on, we recognize that no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, we now we, yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is in a new creature, and the old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself, through Christ and have us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed us to the word of the reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled with God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become righteous in the in God, of God in Him. Wow. Okay, let's go back and read the notes. Five one. The earthly tent, a house not made with hands. The present temporal earthly body is contrasted with the eternal resurrection body. And then five two is in this earthly body we groan because the burdens of life and our dwelling from heaven is a place that is from heaven. Three, we will not be found naked. We shall not be bodiless after resurrection. We'll still get new bodies, remember? Five, four, while in this body we are burdened, however, we do not long to be disembodied, but to have the resurrection body that God will give us. And then five, seven, Though Christ is not visibly present today, we live by faith in the reality of his presence with us and the certainty that all promises concerning our future. We can depend on that. Okay, 5.9. We have as our ambition. The Greek word is found elsewhere, only in Romans. And it says we have as our ambition. So that is what drives us. And then the judgment seat of Christ. 
Kadima judgment seat is well known to the Corinthians. Believers will be judged in a review of their works for the purpose of rewards. And then we're going on to 11. Of the Lord Christ, in view of his judging, we persuade men to be reconciled to God. Always remember that we can reconcile ourselves to God. Just go through Jesus Christ. Then it says we are beside ourselves. We went mad, probably referring to some specific occasion when Paul's critic charged him with madness. And then 514, for the love of Christ controls us. Christ's love for us, and possibly it may also mean our love for Christ, controls us. It keeps us within bounds, therefore all die. Believers are regarded by God as having died in Christ, so that they may be able to live to please him. And then we're now at 15. Christ's death was, in part, for the purpose of bringing his followers into the experience of unselfish living for others. So service is the highest thing. Service, being in service to others. Okay, 516. Before his conversion, Paul regarded Christ as merely another man. That's before Paul was converted. 517. That's when Paul was Saul. Anyway, 517. A new creature. Literally, a new creation. Old things have passed away. And the heiress tense, indicating the decisive change between salvation. Behold, a new things have come. Perfect tense, indicating abiding results in the new life of Christ. The grace of God not only justifies, but also makes a new creation, which results in a changed lifestyle. Isn't that true? When we get clean and sober, when we change our minds, when we put away the anger, we new people. 518, reconciliation, involves a changed relationship because our trespasses are not counted against us. We are now to announce that to others this message is of God's grace, God's grace. Okay, reconcile the world to himself. The death of Christ changed the meaning of reconcile. The position of all people, not only the elect, from being from being enemies to being savable through the actual salvation does not come into one believes. In five twenty one finally, here is the the heart of the gospel. This the sinless Savior has taken our sins that we might have God's righteousness. So that's the beauty of chapter five. It's, it's, it's really exciting to learn these new things. And so next week we'll go on to chapter six. So I do have a little, our little trusty guidepost book, and we're going to read another new story this week. Let's see. I'm just going to randomly pick one. Let's see. Okay, we turn to Juarez. Okay, that's where I turn to. This is from William Wilson, M.D., Durham, North Carolina. The guard slammed the bar door shut in the Mexican jail I was visiting that day in January 1980. He walked off, his footsteps echoing down the concrete corridor. I was locked inside a huge reeking room. I looked around. There were about 100 prisoners in the cell. Some of the men were laying on on the bare floor, Wrapped in filthy blankets, some leaned against the wall. Others wandered about. The cold winter light filtered down and a few tiny grilled grilled windows high up on the ceiling. I had come to this jail in Juarez to assist a local lay preacher. The two of us stood just inside that room with its penetrating odor of urine and sweat. Me, an American psychiatrist from Duke University, and my companion, 
a Mexican ex-convict turned evangelist. As the preacher stepped toward the center of the room to address the men, I asked him if he would like me to do. He said, I would like you to pray. The ex-convict began to preach. I could understand only a few words of his colloquial Spanish, and in my mind drifted into the surprising fact that I was there at all. I had been under a lot of stress back home in North Carolina, carrying two careers at the same time. One was a psychiatrist in a private practice. Another was a professor of psychiatry at Duke. I can take time off of that winter to stay at a retreat ranch with friends who told me that that about near El Paso, Texas. The visitors were invited to take part in the ranch's outreach uh, ministries. One was to this jail where I was told many of the prisoners were mentally ill. Perhaps in choosing to come along, I was subconsciously trying to work through unpleasant memories from my days as a young doctor. I had taken a junior staff job at a state hospital in North Carolina, and there was a ward for the criminal insane. In that ward, there had been the same angry faces I was seeing here now in this Mexican jail, the same aimless roaming, even the same pungent smell of disinfectant. Some of the patients in North Carolina ward were murderers. One man had killed his fellow inmate with his bare hands and was constantly trying to maim anyone he could, lunging out to bite, kick, or stomp. We doctors never knew when the patients might turn on us, and we were glad there were guards nearby. But there were no guards nearby now. The mentally disturbed prisoners were easy to spot. Rousing themselves as we entered, they uttered gibberish and railed at the two of us and made obscene gestures. There was no way knowing which of these men might suddenly become violent. Many of the prisoners were moving toward us now, some groping themselves around the preacher, some around me. I began to be aware of one man in particular hovering at my left. I turned. From two feet away, the man was glaring at me, eyes narrow with rage. The fellow had dressed in a stained, torn shirt. His chin jutted forward. I was used to helping my patients cope with their fears, but now I was the one who was afraid. The man with the angry eyes trusted his face still closer. I edged along the wall, trying to put some distance between us. He followed. For 20 minutes, we moved together in a macabre dance, never more than a foot and a half apart, never closer. At last, last quite disturbingly, and it wasn't until years later that this struck me as odd, the poor t- creature gave up his pursuit. With relief, I turned my attention once again to the preacher as he gave his altar call to the now quiet room. Some 30 men responded. Shortly afterward, the guard came out to us, and I flew back to North Carolina, assuming the whole experience was behind me. Fifteen years passed. Then last year in February, I decided to take another break from my daily pressures and fly back down to Retreat Ranch in El Paso. Once again, perhaps out of a sense of unfinished business, I chose to take part in the ministry of the ranch by visiting the jail in Juarez. And as we crossed the Rio Grande into Mexico, I felt the old misgivings. Soon we were walking with the guard down the echoing corridor to the mammoth cell. Once again, the barred door slammed shut behind us. The guard's footsteps faded away, and we were locked inside the stinking, ill-lit room. The man with the raging flame eyes was no longer there, but in his place had been taken by a dozen others, equally restless and angry. The lay preacher, a different one, began to speak. I took my place behind him and closed my eyes in prayer, and that is then I saw them. Through my closed eyes, I saw in front of a six, mag- six magnificent Matt Bill. I don't know, I'm starting to stutter. Let me read it again. 
through the, my closed eyes, I saw in front of us six magnificent male figures dressed in dazzling robes, whiter than any white I ever imagined. Each held a double-edged long sword pointed downward towards his feet. I noticed little details, like the fact that the sword shafts were not engraved. The figures were peaceable, and yet there was an aura of overwhelming power about them. They simply stood there looking at the preacher. For ten minutes, I wanted to open my eyes and bring the vision to an end. I gazed at the mighty figures. I felt a sense of exultation, but not of surprise, as if it were the natural order of things that they should be there. At last, I opened my eyes. The shining figures were still there. I could see them as brilliantly as my eyes opened with my eyes closed. Had they, I wondered suddenly, been in this cell during my first visit, too, watching maintaining a safe distance between me and the angry-eyed man as he followed me? Were they there protecting both me and him from destructive emotions? Could they have been the reason he gave up abruptly and moved away? One thing for certain, I felt safe now. Fifteen years later, knowing the angels were nearby, bit by bit, as the preacher reached to the end of his sermon, a peace settled over the cell. In response to the altar call, a score or more prisoners came forward. With the dazzling creatures looking on, the preacher and I prayed with each prisoner, and the service ended. The guard arrived and opened the door and left that beautiful, holy room. On the airplane back to North Carolina, excuse me, I thought about the many professional and personal uncertainties that lie ahead of me as I grow older. I will face them with a different attitude now. Knowing that angels are looking on, robed in white, swords in their hands to protect us from the enemies of doubt and fear. I had seen with my own eyes a heavenly resource I had only heard about before that day in a Mexican jail. I didn't expect to see angels again. It was enough to know that they were quite near, watching over us in our weakness. They are strong spirits sent by God. Yes, we are protected. One day, um, I had this terrible dream, and in this dream, I, I, was, I was so fearful, fearful, I started saying the Holy Trinity, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, please protect me, in the name of the Father, Holy Spirit, please protect me. I was so terrified, I was laying on my back praying and praying and praying, and I was too scared to open my eyes, because I had this very, very horrible dream. And as I prayed, prayed the Holy Spirit, I felt somebody walk into the room. And then he turned around and left. When I woke up, nothing was there and everything was okay. And I was, I was relieved because it was pretty horrible. And that's, the Trinity saved me. I just sang the Holy Trinity. When I came out of the bedroom, my husband was sitting at the table. My husband at the time, he was sitting at the table. And he said, I said, honey, I had the worst dream. He says, I have something to tell you. He looked at me startled and not comprehending almost. But he said, when I looked in on you, there was a huge angel standing there. He was so huge that his head went straight through the ceiling. I could only see the bottom half of his wings and his gown. And he was all in radiant white. I said, oh, thank God. I said I was being protected and I didn't even know it. So it gave me a feeling of comfort, the same thing. And I know, I know that we're being protected by God in our fear. So keep praying. Don't lose heart. Don't ever lose heart. And never give up. Just keep praying.
and just ask in Jesus' name, and it will be given to you. So God bless you, everybody that's been listening this morning and every Sunday morning. I love you very much. Just God bless you. Keep praying and never give up. No matter what's happening, never give up. If you need help, you've got to call, get help in any way you can. There's a lot of help on the Internet. There's a lot of resources. Of course, pray, but then go get help too. Please. That's the way I got help. In closing, let's just say our traditional serenity prayer. During a moment of silent meditation for those who are out there that are so sick, that may include ourselves. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Then in closing, may God bless and keep you in his loving arms so that you may face whatever it is ahead. You are never alone. Remember, God loves you so much. May your best dreams come true, and true love lives in your heart. Message me if you have any concerns or requests for prayer, and goodbye till next week. Love you. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.